0: Welcome to e-commerce Delivered, a podcast brought to you by Push On. Today, we're joined by Clark Piggott, who's our senior UX and UI designer, and Amna, who's our project manager. Good afternoon. Hello, I'm Clark. Hi, Clark, how are you? How are you? All right, are you? Very, very good. Very excited to hear what you've got to say today. Great stuff. And, um, and Amna, you're our project manager at PushOn. Uh-huh. Uh, we brought you along because we're going to talk about creating the perfect
1: design brief. OK, sounds good to me.
0: We say perfect, but we mean, a good design brief, don't we? In the Ideal. eyes, of, yeah, in the eyes of a designer. Um, I mean, before we kind of get into some of the questions that we've prepared for you today, Clark, before I get down to grilling you, why a UX and UI designer? Why not just a, a web designer, digital designer, creative? What's the what's the significance?
1: Well, I think uh, UX design has been around for a long time, but only in the last I'd say uh, five years, really. I would say, In in part of the industry, I've been around for about. 10 years as a digital designer, but I suppose in the last five years I've classed myself more as a UX designer. I think with with digital designer, I think there was a lot of emphasis on making things look pretty and I think the user experience always got lost and um, I think now user experience and user journey is a primary focus, I think, of digital design and um, creating that uh, consistency across platform, especially for e-commerce websites. Mm-hmm.
0: Good stuff. So, Obviously, a big part of your job is picking up the uh, project after functional specification. All the planning around that area has has gone on,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and we're we'll getting the design stage. What, what, or how does I suppose what does a bad design brief look like first?
1: Well, I think from in my experience, um, a bad design brief can consist of mainly. Designed for instinct and designed for something personal, and not necessarily what the user audience or you targeted user um, would would expect on a site. Um, a bad design brief for me can be, we we, it's more visual. Um, the briefs been have we've had too much influence from external sites, inspiration, and that can then influence my design too much where. Whereas in a brief, you would like to see a focus on data. You would like to see a focus on uh, quantitative and qualitative data, so backing up by non-leading questions, um, maybe per persona data, focus groups, that kind of thing. And then with some uh, quantitative data, some usable statistics, such as uh, surveys, heat maps, um, user tests, and um, any heat map data um, that could Potentially uh, influence the design on the site. Um, I think data is the most important thing really. So if a brief doesn't have data, I think I think we're really only designing for opinion rather than mm-hmm. fact. And I think that can um, attribute to a poor user experience. Um, and you know everything everything has to be visually pleasing. You know a client's going to expect to be pleased with what the visually pleasing aspect of the website should be. The UI, the user interface. Mm-hmm and how that helps you journey around the site and facilitate um, uh, getting the client down the funnel in an e-commerce uh, website. So obviously, different websites will have, or different e-commerce sites will have different requirements, uh, target audience, um, age rating, um, how, how we get, how we want them to get to the, the end goal, which is effectively checking out, uh, how fast we get them there, do we want it to be a, an experience that's a um, more discovery lev- uh, led or do we want to just get the people straight to search and straight to products and straight uh, to payment really so but I, I think with a i think and the, the question really is what bad brief is is there's no information really i think information basic information can be key sometimes um you know again we've said before about leading um through inspiration which can be definitely a bad bad way to go yeah getting too personal
0: right? yeah not, to get too not personal like the big yeah picture.
1: um yeah exactly so you know people might see colors and go, i love that color and well, yeah. does that work for your audience so uh, i like the way they've um, uh, stylized the header i like the the burger menu but does the burger menu work for your target audience for example we went on a brief recently where the burger menu would not work with the target audience because of the age rate group um, so we need to make a mega menu and make it clear for the user um, but i mean
0: you know, that's yeah I mean what about for the clients who don't have the luxury of you know even simple things like uh, you know detailed brand guidelines and style guides and stuff like that is do you still feel you can work with things like that how do you I think from that? a
1: wireframe perspective um, it, that can be quite challenging because uh, not having I mean the style guide effectively and the colors can work to a certain degree but you you tend to want to put variations of those colors on there to mm. carry across the site, which can influence call to actions, for example. So maybe a solid state and um, a non-hover state. Um, but in, in terms of imagery, for example, um, they might the client might have in mind exactly what they want, but yeah. then they don't have any of that process in place already, so it's hard for us to visualize something such as maybe they might want a clean website with a. Uh, simple imagery but do they have that capability to produce that? Do we have that capability to produce that? So producing a wireframe on a a low res to medium res level can, can really influence the client to really see how the user journey can be used but it can also influence them from a visual level, which can distract them from the end goal, which is essentially user experience. They may see it as, um, oh, this looks plain. Yeah, this, this is not one I wanted to see. I wanted to see a big mm. visual all singing or dancing website. Well, that's not the goal yet. The, the art direction for me comes last. I think user experience, and then interaction design, and then the art direction. Again, that's in my experience. The, depending on the size of the team, each team member may have like a discipline within that. So we have a UX researcher and we'll have a UX designer and a UI designer. Yeah. Um, but in my experience so far in my career, I I do a bit of everything, which mm. can be to a detriment as well because I don't know everything. I don't claim to know everything. I don't expect the client to think because we're UX, we have all the answers. We don't, it's an exploratory thing. Yeah.
0: And for clients who, who go have gone to about back to kind of brand guidelines, do you prefer a client to come with really strict guidelines that you have to stick to, or do you like a bit of a freedom sometimes to expand, say things like the colour palette or sometimes complementing fonts
1: and stuff like that? Is it will uh, depend on their guideline. The guideline can be so comprehensive that the it's almost a part of the brief that's been answered for you. And mm. uh, sometimes a guideline can be quite restrictive. Uh, they may only want to use two or three colours, but that's just not possible sometimes. They may want a call-to-action colour that is maybe too garish, for example, but it's their brand colour, so it's about exploring how we can work around those colours, for example using shades of that colour. But also everything in user experience is a test, and I think the client always has to understand that, you know, they may want that element, but we can always improve upon that element and and discover more about that element. It doesn't always have to be that final thing. Web design is not final. It's not like print. Um, we can always expand on, on any design or 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 brand guideline. Mm, definitely, um, and also I suppose for the
0: clients who who can't do. Um, you know, extensive amount of data research, testing, persona research and all that type of stuff, because obviously that, that comes with its, with its own costs and sometimes its own complications. What, for you, are kind of the bare bones, when I mean, you, you touched upon a few of them there before, but what, would, as, as a bare minimum, would you like to
1: see as information you can get from uh, a client? Um, I think, for me, um, I'll start for a brief. Um, I'd like to see um, the data behind it. Uh, first, I'd like to see what's the quality of data behind it. Um, you know, persona data is important, but we don't want non. We want non-leading questions. We don't want to lead someone on a path of what we want to hear. We want to hear like a, a varied opinion um, that can generate a, a, a feeling or a statistic, but also hard statistics such as heat mapping. If they've got an existing site, if they haven't. Um, it's hard to gauge um, with any sort of actual data because mm. because they need they they want to tell us what they want but they can't actually do it so so really if we do qualitative data work then it can it can bring at least a starting point to that um, experience you know we want to get stakeholders in there who's involved we want to be interacting with the client all the time you don't want to be taking a brief on. There's a two or three month period gone. Go back to the client. This is what we produce. We want a consistent communication throughout the whole yeah. process. Um, deadlines and and what's what's required. You know, at the end of the day, they, they're going to have a general goal of what they want. Um, the data can back most of it up, but some things are going to be new, and that's where I think as a UX designer it can be fun because you are exploring your skill set and challenging. The brief and challenging yourself for what's required.
0: Yeah, definitely. I suppose one of the key messages that I kind of hear is how sometimes what you see is we can be guilty of signing off a specification, and next thing you know, we find ourselves in a design immersion session uh, where we're talking about guidelines and building that brief for the design. But I suppose the ideal brief is something that's been thought about six months before so the proper time has been allowed there for any kind of testing or any data gathering so and I think, think, think that's that something to, you can accumulate over a couple of weeks it probably takes uh, it's, you know it's a six-month thought process.
1: I think that comes really down to the vision of the project and mm. um, the vision of the project at the end of the day is going to encompass everything that we need um that vision statement is you know going to be how we determine certain elements of that project whether whether it's the product page or the basket how fast we get them to them those stages of the journey um or the home page you know the home page is effectively a shop window for most people but um some people just want to go straight to search and find what they want you know Amazon yeah. obviously is a perfect example of that um, but Am- amazon can be really good for customization and targeted um sales
2: I think it's really important to know as well that clients need to be prepared when they come to the design immersion meeting and we try and, as much as we can, prepare them for that when they come in. So in advance, the project doesn't necessarily start at design, which is where I think people think the most logical starting point for a project like that is we have a whole functional specification piece that starts months beforehand. And at that point, we're already talking to the client, asking for information like brand guidelines, Mm -hmm. getting them to think about design inspiration, and also getting them to think about websites and aspects of websites that they don't like to see if we can get a vision beforehand. We don't ever like to go, Into the meeting unprepared, whether that's us unprepared or the client. So there are conversations around those aspects before design, and it means that we can get a better design brief at the end of the meeting if everyone's prepared in advance.
0: Yeah, I suppose a good question for you, Amna, because you see the project right through to the end, you know, Mm -hmm. snagging and completion, and even running to kind of support after that. If you don't get this part right, do you see it has a massive impact on? even throughout the build and into snagging and launch and stuff that become quite a complicated process if we're not focused on getting the right type of design brief.
2: Absolutely and I think a lot of clients are so eager to you know settle on a concept and, and see it come to life and see it being developed that they almost don't take into account the magnitude of what we have to consider in design mm. and that's a key difference between UX and design. UX is informed and we have to think about that user journey all the way through so yeah definitely it can have a massive impact on the project and you don't if you're not careful about your considerations what ends up happening is you start development and the client sees the website and if a user journey isn't what they expected or it's something that they wanted to try and it, and it isn't best for the website then it can have a massive effect upon launch do we want to launch with that do we need to revise it so we really need to think things through to a really granular level when we're doing design and UX it's not a case of just mocking it up and then rushing straight into it. We also have Clark and his team work really closely with the developers at every single stage. So we'll do a homepage design, for instance, and we'll collaborate with a wider team to see what is and isn't possible, and how those transactions will work, how we'd implement things, and it just means it's a much smoother transition from design to development to giving the client the product as an end result.
0: Cool, I mean, one back at you, Clark. When a client's looking at these type of type of areas, you mentioned things like homepage and stuff before, where should they be really focusing their um, you know, their attention to, you know, when they're looking at other sites? Because one thing I always find is when you say to someone what type of sites do you like? and they'll they'll pull up, you know, John Lewis, ASOS, all them type of, you know, big hitters. But how do you encourage people to get really granular in their thinking to say, I like the checkout from here, I like, you know, the, the product page from misplace? How, how how do you encourage to kind of that type of thinking?
1: I think, well, in e-commerce, I think what is your product? What are you selling first? And make the, uh, the initial research relevant to your product. But then thereafter, though, I think in terms of user experience, it is always important to find elements of journey that you feel will help get someone to your product quicker. So on a, on a homepage... It may be restricted to a main banner and a couple of spot images and then a footer but you want to target them to the search so search should be the prime focus of that and then that's dis- determined whether do you use an icon do you use a search bar do you go full width is it centered do, how much focus do you put onto that element so i think they need to f- f- well first if there is data back that up with their target audience see see what what journey initially is working on their website and um, what's not working break it down as in as in these parts of the sites are really working well for me I think, don't think I need to touch that as much what isn't working where's where, what does the heat map data tell you if you have that functionality you have
2: to target your different demographics as well we know that certain colors appeal to different audiences so for example the brighter colors this may appeal to younger audiences whereas we have a client who target towards an older demographic and we know those really brash colors wouldn't necessarily work for those kinds of demographics so we have to really take that into consideration
0: how do you Clark, as a designer and keep on top of things like trends and you know when we looking at uh, specifically styling and all that type of stuff and just talking about them, them visual elements of design, how do you keep on top of you know trends within e-commerce design all that type of stuff?
1: Uh, well obviously uh, most designers do a lot of research so the typical sites like Ward and Site Inspire you can always stay on top but I tend to go on, I have quite a lot of favourite favorite website e-commerce website especially that i go on you can see um them testing all the time something's slightly changed on the header or the contents changed on the homepage or the way they've positioned the um, call to action has changed it may be that it was rounded one week and next week it's square something so simple but yet that simple um, change could bring much more um, engagement Um, I think when I look for inspiration, I try to look at the user experience more than anything. Yes, things can look pretty, and you can see an animation, and the interaction could be beautiful. But how fast does it get me to a product? How, For example, if we land on a, a product page, where's the call to action? How have they implemented that? What's the styling? like how they've used imagery. Oh, there's a lot of trends at the minute with using imagery on a product page, like on a set of two rows in blocks, and they repeat. Um, and there's a lot of um, elements of of motion and video on product pages now, rather than just flat imagery and the kind of like, I think that engages the user. I think um, as, a, as a user experience element, um, I don't really feel like I have to click into the image. I can feel, I feel like I'm getting enough of a story to get a vibe of the product, yet the element of call to action is still stuck on the page. So I don't feel like I'm scrolling up and down trying to explore a page. And I like that uh, idea of, of everything being there and then, rather than scrolling scrolling and uh, trying to find what you're looking for. Sometimes exploration can be good, depending on the website subject. Um, in e-commerce, I think we want to get people to to check out as soon as possible.
0: Yeah. Do you think therefore sometimes maybe in the past sites were guilty of adding too many, too many visual treats in, too many moving components, videos, and cramming as much information there as possible? Do you think we're really in the, in the stage now of everything being really not simplifies but minimalized in order to complement the customer journey and make
1: sure people can get to where they want, uh, you know, as quickly as possible? And, and I think consistency across. Platform is really important, and I think a lot more websites, like for example Nike website, their their product page, whether you're on tablet, mobile, desktop, it all feels the same. It doesn't feel any different the way you shop. Um, of course, there's on mobile, there's always simplicities that that have been expanded upon from the desktop version, but in general. What I've noticed is that a lot of websites now are trying to really streamline the experience, no matter which platform you're on. Almost because the term "responsive" is becoming really like prevalent recent in recent time. I think "responsive" was just for me five years ago just blocks breaking down and snapping under each. But now "responsive" is filtering into that device and its capability and what it, and what we can display on that screen at one at one time. Um, I think it's where where I'm liking the way e-commerce designs going at the minute. And
0: what do you think the main challenges are between developing cross-device
1: um, and
0: finding that consistency? Um,
1: I think navigation's one of the hardest things to design across device. I mean, most most platforms from mega menu to a burger menu, but um, the argument can be made: why is it why is it not a burger menu all the way through the journey? Why is it not a mega menu all the way through the journey? I think I think again it depends on that. The brief and the target audience you know how user how savvy the audience is um, so everything has to be considered in that respect but I think things like search um, and basket a mega key on, on a mobile platform especially I think we, we want the certain elements that need to be um, needs to be there constantly we need to be able to see them, we need to be able to be clear that something's changed within those elements such as the basket. You know, how do we how do we display that we've added a, pro- a product? Is it a change of colour? Is it an icon? Is it is it do icons get lost in translation depending on what country you're in? Um do certain colours put the user off. It's so many considerations. Um but I think now we cross platform as I say, I think design is becoming more consistent and the user journey element and interface is becoming a real driver for people to want to come back to that site and use again yeah um if you you know i could have checked on plenty of sites and being able to do one click checkout for example is like a major thing for me guest checkout is a major thing for me you know mm. if i don't have to keep signing up for every site i just want to get in and hour can i can play with paypal you know these signposted elements that are really clear that way like, well, okay i see paper i can just quickly go out with this one i, I, I don't like the site it might be the one thing that makes me keep shopping outside that i can actually just check out away.
0: yeah i feel so what i found really interesting as well is, as we've kind of simplified them step them stages and them them user journeys the old idea of trying to design towards certain demographics if you're a business that had an older user therefore you design things in desktop in a certain way but actually now because we're trying to simplify that and make it as as easy as possible for people to navigate, it's suiting a wide range of demographics, you know, young, mm-hmm. middle-aged and old in, in that sense. So we don't, you know, have to worry about being too con- uh, you know, conservative about the way we approach things like that, and, mm-hmm. you know, not be too concerned about being too contemporary in areas, you know, because it tends to suit all these different types of demographics. Yeah,
1: I think that's right. Uh, Targeting the demographic is key. It's we Everyone can put a burger menu in any site. It's the simplest way of designing a site. But does it really facilitate what that user needs and what that user wants to do? Um, does it get them down the path as quick as they can? Um,
2: I think one thing you need to keep in mind as well is just because your demographic may be an older audience, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be coming through desktop. We've seen a sharp rise in tablets, for example, We're very much the third responsive device that no one really bothers about. But we know that older users are starting to use tablets more. Not everyone has a PC at home. They're using laptops, which is a smaller screen. And you're seeing a steady rise in, like, the mobile first approach because people are out and about and if they want to look at things or check things in the shop, that's when they'll do it and they'll use those kind of devices. So even if you're an older demographic, it's really important to know and keep in mind that you need to be targeting across devices and also the quality of your content is right and targeted.
0: Yeah, not totally. Um, I suppose a question for you, Amna, as well, Mm -hmm. because you work closely with clients throughout the build. How do you manage to kind of keep timelines through design intact? Because, you know, once you get to development, you have a clear program work of development and you manage the team in order to meet them deadlines. But when you've got a design sat with a client, it's with them to kind of fully digest and, and send back in men's and talk at the men's over. I can imagine that can be quite tough to, to, to kind of keep on top of that to make sure, you know, you hit deadlines.
2: Yeah, definitely. I think design is probably the most risk from a project management point of view because it's where timelines can definitely slip. Um, I'd say the key to that is good organization and transparency. Um, when I send something over to a client, I always give a plan first and foremost of when I expect things to be over to them and when I expect things back and when I send things over individually I always leave a note to say we'll need this back by this time because we need to make the amends and move on to the next item so I think those constant little reminders to the client um, make a really big difference and at the end of the day they want their site to launch at the most beneficial time for them so it's always worth letting them keep in mind that you need to stick to deadlines to do that.
0: Mm. And this is where this becomes so important about the idea of creating that brief, you know, well before you reach that initial design immersion session. Because the more data and the more you can bring to that table, and, and, and you know, the stronger that your idea is, uh, and what you're putting into the t- uh, to the design team, you know, the more chance you've got of getting that right and sticking to them timelines. So it's uh, ev- everything you've been guys been saying today seems like it's really crucial to consider well before you even think about, you know move on to new platform you know or or redesigning your website or or, or launching um, any type of um, additional functionality that may require design and these types of thinking because we're not just talking about big builds here we're talking about extension stem builds you know version two of that build version three different phases and different things that plug into your current platform that may be live right now so yeah i suppose well that's pretty much
1: covered all the things that I want to
0: kind of put across unless there's anything else from, from you two.
1: Um, we were going to talk about um, current trends, what we felt. Yeah, I mean, I suppose like we touched on a bit before,
0: you know, about sort of looking out for them trends, you know, who's kind of leading the game, any particular favourites to yourself?
1: Yeah, well, at the minute there's, um, again, we've mentioned before about more video than flat photography. I think people are trying to get engaged with that. One-click person Is becoming quite a common theme. Um, Apps that are targeting collectors, such Mm -hmm. as sneakers from Nike, and uh, there's an app from Size where they can almost pre order a shoe that's not out yet and pay instantly on that release date rather than queuing up. There's a lot of obviously sneakers who like queuing up Mm. as part of their thing, but they're creating these queues digitally now rather than much to physically go there. I think voice dictation starts to come out in search bars, slowly but surely, um, which is quite interesting.
2: Um, and from an accessibility point of view, that's really important that mm-hmm. we keep making those kinds of developments so we're not excluding any users from the site.
1: Yeah. And and, and I think uh, applying these elements, I mean, it's what we all know like Google Search and uh, Siri and that kind of thing, they're they becoming more than ever in, literally everything cars that's a user experience now in a car to be able Mm. to talk to your car you know so the apple watch you know having to design for the apple watch it's it's a totally different way of thinking yeah and completely Um, new um the i think social such as facebook for example they've almost got like their own little mini ebay on there now where people can bid for things almost like um what's the website called I always forget the name of that website the Facebook
0: Marketplace
1: no not Facebook. yeah it's like that it's Facebook Marketplace but obviously mm. it's similar to uh, Gumtree Gumtree yeah. yeah it's similar to Gumtree um, and that's interesting that Facebook are, they were just a social site now they are expanding to virtual reality they're expanding to um, shopping um, and that leads into things like such as uh, messenger bots that walk, walk us through mm. um, walk us through the checkout process for example and yeah. um, it's quite interesting there's a lot of hand-holding now even though I think websites come on quite a lot in, in, in terms of how we check out there's still that element of people trying to improve the hand-holding process um, but these are some trends I've noticed that uh, starting to come through quite quickly um, but yeah
2: yeah I'd say these are really important as well to keep on top of because It's the familiarity between different platforms, whether it be social platforms, e-commerce. To keep on top of to make sure that everyone's comfortable with using your site and comfortable moving forwards.
0: Yeah and I found it in meetings as well with, with, with clients sat there in design sessions where you're pitching in and, and if they ask why is it done like that we say well that's the way people use it on Facebook or that's yeah, the way people absolutely. do it on Amazon and it's almost like the easiest sell because everyone's so familiar with them platforms mm-hmm. uh, you know it just becomes second nature that that's the way you shop so very much them setting the tone for how we look at design and how we you know, do all them simple user journeys uh, across any kind of buying cycle. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, well, thanks for your time. I suppose um, there's not much left to say on that. I suppose if you want to hear anything more from uh, Clark or Amna uh, or anything more about the Push On podcast, you can visit us at pushon.co.uk forward slash podcast where you'll find information about the stuff we've spoken about today and future podcasts uh, that we've got in the pipeline as well. So thanks so much for listening and we'll join you next time.